practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. There we go. How's it going? Good, man. Good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. You son of a bitch. You got a SIM card issue? This SD card is about as fun as the real SD. Jose, oh, <laughs> that's a good thing. Are you recording? Oh, of course not. I got it on my end. South no Dakota way. Burn. I would never. It's a San Diego burn. Take that, San Diego. You can't even, they don't even have a football team anymore. San Diego? None. Really? LA has fucking three football teams now. Oh, oh, you mean NFL. I thought you were talking yeah. about like San Diego State U. Surf, <laughs> yeah, they, surfer they, school. They, they canceled football due to COVID. Anymore? Nothing. I can't have fun in the sun anymore, dude. I've been to San have you been to San Diego? I never have. I've always wanted to. I went you know what I was gonna say? I went for my to Vegas and then to San Diego for my twenty first birthday. But all mm-hmm. trips I've taken from the ages of, well, let's say sixteen to twenty five, should be null and void because I'm I'm such like a such a unaware piece of shit then. So like I had no. Um, oh, I see what you're. Yeah. What am I trying to say? I'm I'm being hard on myself, but what I'm trying to you're say is I was unappreciative. Tourists. I was unappreciative. I didn't even do yeah, the fun yeah. tourist stuff that I would love to do now, like art museums, history museums. You know, mm-hmm. I just did the dumb, like, 21-year-old, like, or it was at the time, I was like, you know, What's the longest margarita? Take me there. Yeah. Where can you smoke indoors? You know, it's like, <laughs> just such a, like, like example, I, I've told them, I've regaled my tales of Germany and just looking to buy oh, weed sure, and of shit. Course, just yeah. dumb kid. I know all kids aren't dumb like that, but. I'll throw myself under the bus. You definitely fell into that, like, off the leash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wherever you were at, whether you were back in South Dakota or Minneapolis, whether we were living in New York, you're like, you just got out. You're just like, I'm out of wherever I was. Yeah, I guess. So it's fair. Moment to moment. So I had fun in the moment. And now in retrospect, I was like, well, I had fun in the moment. But now I'm uh, disappointed. But now when I take a trip. Yeah. I now I wonder. I wonder what's worse, because I was never. It's never like I was an asshole to people. I wasn't that type of person. You know what oh I mean? yeah. No. I was an asshole to the geographical region because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't offer. I didn't. I didn't taste any of their offerings. Right. Like I would. I remember. <laughs> I I remember the San Diego Chipotle. You know. <laughs> That's the best. I was gonna say McDonald's, but in this day and age. Oh, oh! How's the Chipotle fair in San Diego as opposed to Minneapolis or Sioux Falls or Midtown New York? I remember McDonald's. Speaking of, I guess we're in this uh, this realm. Uh, yeah. When I was in Germany, when I was eighteen, uh, I went to this like uh, I don't know, call it rave, whatever, a nightclub, um, a discotheque they called it, and it was just like lights it's like what you would see in a generic insert generic european dance club with like metal girders and two levels and (laughs) like people like doing drugs and shit and lights flashing and strobes and they were specifically playing like that night like 90s grunge but like dub mixed or whatever um so it's really cool uh, yeah 
Rusty Griswold would stumble into. Exactly. Yes. So I went there, got super drunk, and it was out in the middle of nowhere. So I was play- staying in a place that was like south of a big city, city of Stuttgart, which is a relatively big city in Germany. Um, and I was, let's say I was staying in a suburb, but to get to this discotheque, you had to drive an hour away from this suburb into basically what we know as like a rural area in the mountains, in the Ooh. black forest. And then there was just Shit. this like club. But what they also like had... you'd meet a werewolf or a vampire. <laughs> yes. But still, across a field, like a field, like a few football fields, was a McDonald's. And I got really drunk in this club, and I was with strangers, like I said, taking risks was moment a... to moment. I was uh, about to ask how you found out about this place, but then you answered that just question. just got invited by some schlubs I met in a dive bar I kept hanging out in. And they were nice people. Um, but I got... And they were responsible people also, even though they were kids. They were like sipping their beers and enjoying the music where I was just straight American like putting tequila in my beers. But I was a <laughs> I was a vegetarian at the time too. And I just got drunk and there was something about like being in the middle of nowhere and Europe and foreign and then I just saw those golden arches and I was like, Well, I just left everyone, didn't say a word. And just trudged it through these high grass fields over a roadway. And just, I just, re- and I don't remember it well, but I just remember sitting at McDonald's and I was eating hamburgers and shit. And there <laughs> is something, I it has to be growing up in South Dakota. Because I didn't start drinking until later. Yeah. But it carried it through, through a good chunk of that until New York. And then I just kind of, like... Drinking like a monster and then having to eat like a monster. I don't know why. It, like I was like, I have to eat some. Like somehow it got ingrained in my head that like, obviously, yeah, you put something in your stomach. But, it, you know, it's like the devil grandma's on one shoulder and the angel grandma's like, you better eat something. You're going to feel bad in the morning. Oh, man. Like what? I remember we lived in Minneapolis and I would just leave a party. And go buy a gas station sandwich and a bag of chips. I know. Well, that, like I was a sandwich addict. Like I got t- too randy at this party. I got to get my fix. Well, I think part of it, at least for me, because I do the same thing, is I always grew up a snack food nerd. Always. Mm. That was definitely a comfort level. And I don't yeah. mean like, oh, mama's home cooking. I meant like. I would get that on was my the bike brand of cookie and I Old would mama's home cooking. Yeah. I would get on my bike and go to, I think it was seven 11 at the time. Yeah. And then it became something else, but I would go, there could be food in the fridge, you know, like nice mm-hmm. home cooked food, but I wanted to go get my big gulp. I wanted to get yeah. my 99 cent foot long bean and cheese burrito. And you know, like just in a bag of Doritos, like that's a comfort level. So I think, true it had to do with like if you're getting really drinking like a monster getting really wasted at a party and at least for me i have that like click level i have that meter that says like hey Mm -hmm. hey hey it's about to get dangerous either you're about to get crazy or you're starting to look at your surroundings you're going something around me is about to get crazy and then instantly instinct goes all right i need to get safe what do i associate with safe Oh, like junk food and being home alone. Like, cause what would I do when I was eating sure, all that yeah. food? Go to Seven Eleven, get my Twizzlers and and pull in peels and shit, and I go home, go in the basement, in the basement alone, and watch yeah. a movie. 
and no, I was yeah, safe because yeah, yeah. the door was locked and they had my treats. So I guess I'd just revert to that. That's why having shitty roommates just... is the worst because you can never get away from that. No, you can't get your safe space. No, I remember uh, you. You remember this apartment where I lived with Mitch, eight forty with the Texas yeah. Texas ro- ro- Road Dogs. They oh, would yeah. put, throw punk rock parties in our basement of where we lived, and Epic. there was one night like. I was out, I was probably out with you guys, and, like, drank, came home, drank at the scuzzy party, because they always had, like, you know, like, $5 bottles of booze in the basement. Oh, it was always, you were coming home to another party. Another party, yeah, so I hung out always. a little bit longer, and then I, the the monster came up, so I went to, like, a fucking, the, a little corner deli, it was, it was a JFK chicken. Oh, I remember it. The skankiest cheeseburger, but it. That I got that taste, and then I would I did it three, four, five, ten more times when I was drinking, just because it, it was that perfect fat to grease ratio, and I fucking like ate it in my room in the dark. Oh yeah, because if the lights were on, someone would come in to try and like snort cocaine off of a key. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I there's like watching something... the wire in the dark, eating this greasy thing, and I didn't care because the lights were off. So I was like, I don't care what I look like. I'll take a shower. That's like uh. That's two things butting heads, too, because for the listeners, and we've talked about that place, too, you lived across from the Marcy Projects, and for those that yeah. are listening, that's where, like, Jay-Z grew up, like, Biggie, Biggie. Smalls grew up around there, like, and, and, and a lot of other people, those are just happen to be celebrities, but then when they were mm-hmm. living there, it's a really tough neighborhood, there's a lot of drugs, yeah. there's a lot of fights, you kind of, by the time you moved there, like, people were moving in that weren't straight up born in that neighborhood so it's kind of like there's a level of security if you're from there specifically and i don't mean from new york i mean from that neighborhood so you going something clicking in your brain and you wanting that comfort safety your ass was putting yourself really you were anybody would be just being drunk and then going out i'm sure late and gee there's a reason jfk chicken has plexi you know what i mean like oh it's it's yes. like a fortress this is like bank because they get teller they get levels held up all the time because it's yeah. a really shitty neighborhood not to yeah, not to knock there. that neighborhood and people who are from it oh but no. people who are from it are aware that it's dicey well and it's also when we lived there it was right around because if, if no one's familiar like obviously if, you, if you're familiar with it through the music of jay-z and uh, uh biggie you would assume it's like uh, where Mike Tyson grew up, like East New York, just a sprawling neighborhood full of, of a- African-American families. But it is actually not. It is a huge chunk of housing projects in a few neighborhoods. But then those neighborhoods are encased in the Hasidic Jewish community. Yeah. Yep. So there is this sort of cultural like battle for ground yeah so where we lived used to just be rundown buildings that they just tore down and they were owned by these hasidic properties so they built up to specs like hasidic for hasidic families but that area was still too much on the fringe yeah so they just rented to young midwestern artists and rock and roll guys from texas to be the homesteaders to gentrify this neighborhood like block by block by block over the years until 
eventually they just kick you out and move in. Yeah, you really were like go west, young man. Like you so were the pioneers, weird. basically. And I don't and and not necessarily good. You were the um, guinea pigs, really. Like, yeah, no, let them exactly. Take the shit while we develop and and let get them our party bearings. in this house. We'll just like fix the inside. Yeah, because it was up to spec. Like it had the two bathrooms, the two separate sinks. All going back to the Old Testament stuff where oh yeah, yeah I see when the w- woman yeah, yeah. is on her period, she is unclean, so she can't touch the dishes in certain sink clay pots. Uh, no, we don't have to get into it, but yeah. whatever. They uh, that kind of uh, happened in uh, uh, where you lived, but I lived uh, most of my time in New York and Long Island City, Queens. But it was an old blue collar, quote unquote, Italian neighborhood, like through and through. Oh, sure, you got to be yeah. from there. And then this Hasidic element um, started moving in and buying up properties. So they started biting, butting heads. And then property value came, went up. And these old Italian homesteaders like kind of couldn't afford it. And they're slowly getting taken over. And right as like these old school New York factions right. were going back Gangs and back. Gangs in New York These rich, stuff. rich asshole young nope, Wall like Streeters and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, cyber techies are like no sir and they just walked in right in between them and so if you imagine Excuse picture me. what i'm doing italians moving this way hasidic jews moving this way and then literally just swooped right in the middle with Jeff their Bezos pashmina sc- scarves <laughs> and their laptops just went bought it all up yeah no, like no, totally, i remember that- there was a bidding war between uh i used to work for this um Oh, say exercise complex, not to name drop anybody. And this, they got into a war with this, um, um, actually nice, nice families, but they had like a Hasidic Jewish children's center mm-hmm. and there was a building that opened up right next to them. And they'd been like, eyeing that wanting to turn it into an actual like school and yeah. they couldn't do it. Like, so this workout center like came in. So of course it's like, this school, these families have been around forever. Like we're finally going to have something closer. And they went, no, we they need some, uh, we need their some community. bikes and some CrossFit. Oh, yeah, that's so one cool. of those places where you had the garage door open. You're like, are people paying for this? Cause you know, it's just people like mm-hmm. punching brick walls and swinging <laughs> around a, a metal pole. That's a garage, and you know they're paying like $150 a month, you know? Not that they probably didn't get worked out, but it's like, it's high you know what you're doing. Impact urban workouts. I yeah. love that. Just trash workout. Fucking Homer work. Simpson. Punch a wall. Uh, just hit the stick with this other stick as hard as you can. It's aluminum, so it's going to zing you. It's going to vibrate. It's going to hurt. They, um... Yeah, that's some bullshit. But it it is effective. Like there's this like uh um out out where I work with Jesse, there's these old tractor tires. Just no use for them. I think the they don't even fit the current tractor we use. And I was like, Oh yeah. Get a fucking those tra- I couldn't even lift it. I couldn't even lift it. Oh. Like that's like and you see these guys like humping these up and turning them over. Oh yeah, that whole three hundred workout after that movie three hundred. Like I saw oh. a clip I think it was on the D V D. It's these hunks just flipping tractor tires and then when they're done flipping a bigger hunk just gives them a giant thor hammer and the second half of the workout is just hit this tire with a sledgehammer as hard and as many times as you can oh yeah i'm that's and i was that's intense then subsequently i like you tried to move one of those tires like, oh that's heavy tried to lift a sledgehammer oh that's heavy 
That is a workout. It's like a grizzly bear workout. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a tough guy. Uh, I do it. Uh, just I, I could never, ever, ever do that right now. But if they said, "Hey, we're gonna, we need to get you in insane shape for this movie. You're not gonna have any lines, and it's gonna be a long day of basically just working out." I'd be like, "Pay me to what? Yeah, you got it." Can't guarantee your results. I might be the fat guy. You oh, hide yeah. behind something else, but I'll give it my all. <laughs> We're going to need another hunk to hide this guy's gut. Yeah, they got to work out two hunks for the price of me <laughs> just to hide me. Dude, you mentioned Homer Simpson. Ruby's been loving The Simpsons, and I think she loves it just because I like will sit and watch it with her. Uh-huh. And it's just such an amazing reminder of where... 99% of my comic sensibilities come from. It is so funny. Crazy I, it has been shit. so long since I've like just laughed out loud. It is the ultimate, like some of my favorite comedy obviously is that misdirection or that self-aware. Like they had a joke and that's why she loves it. Cause I'll literally stop and like be like tears laughing. And she's just laughing right, at me. She's like, Cause she's going, what is going on? There is this. this. Prince, and it doesn't even have like a segue there like or it's just this non sequitur transition um uh who's the principal mr skinner gets oh, up skinner, on stage yeah. he's like oh i got a quick announcement um um for um protocol we will now be changing um pizza day to italian american <laughs> bread sauce day <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it cuts to it cuts to the Italian baker, or I forget oh, if he has a Luigi. name. Luigi. Luigi. Like... It cuts to him and he goes, oh, that's just so kind. Did you hear that, Giuseppe? And then he cuts over and he's got his little pet monkey and Giuseppe starts clapping. He goes, oh, you make a Giuseppe a happy monkey. And it's just like, that is spicy, <laughs> but it is so stupid. It is so stupid. Which oh, is just funny. I never, perfect joke. like, only caught a few more episodes, but I am like you because i always thought like how like you know because everybody's like simpsons has been on so long like how could you write for the simpsons it's like but like now of course this applies but even back then like once they just allowed it to be an abstraction yeah and gave you the ground to make a joke like that has nothing to do with the story sometimes it does if the joke's good enough most times it doesn't they just it's just a space. Yeah. So it literally it. is just a joke writer's room. And it's if like some of the best stuff, funniest stuff we've ever like came up with, we came up with riffing on the spot and a lot of it never made the cut. It just sat because it was just too funny of a thing that you can't dissect. It just exists as this little germ. Right. So like in the Simpsons, just like, Oh, we'll take your germ and we'll give I guess it to we'll Skinner. Skinner's going to do joke. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Like that. You just get that perfect little shot and then it moves on to something else until you can find another little because we've been re-watching um seinfeld oh yeah sure uh because it's on hulu now and i forget how quickly it starts it's like season two episode seven because season one's like six episodes yeah they're finding their way uh is like the first seinfeld episode that you are like yep this is it this is funny like everybody's got a bit and it's just the episode george gets fired yep so he, he wants to slip his boss a mickey of course yeah yeah it's classic. and then 
uh, Jerry drops his laundry off at the laundromat, which I love because it's it's just a time capsule episode because it's a crappy New York laundry, but the person not working it is a uh, extra from a Sopranos episode. And it's like no Italian, old Italian guys run laundromats anymore. This uh, is from yeah, the early nineties. Sure, 90s. sure, yeah. Uh, and Jerry thinks the guy stole twelve hundred dollars from his laundry. Right. So then it's just the A and B storyline, and Kramer. <laughs> And Jerry go to put cement in the washing machine. Oh my god, it's a really good episode. And yeah. then George just tries to slip his boss and Mickey while Elaine flirts. And it's just, everybody just gets to go. Yeah. And there's no... And that's, I feel like Seinfeld's the same way. They just give you a, the loosest structure possible. And it's like, let's just let these gags germinate. Yeah, just don't limit. Go. And even Seinfeld's like, don't limit the reality. You know what I mean? Like, you just go as far as yeah. possible and we'll figure out a way to make it as realistic as needs yeah. be so it's not, you know, yeah. doesn't take These... you totally out of the realm of reality. But that sitcom as a, in my opinion, Simpsons and Seinfeld, and there, there are plenty of other shows, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, using sitcom not as a weakness, but as armor. Sure. sure. Because it's like, Good okay, point. this doesn't have to be real. It has to be real enough for you to be able to get into it. Oh, it's a bunch of people who work at a bar, own a bar. Cool. That's all I need to know. You can watch any episode of Always in Sunny Philadelphia and get it. Any episode of Simpsons and get it. Any episode of Seinfeld and get it. Yeah, Group like of people who live in New York. If you like, you never just uh, ooh, something's going on out there. You never just laugh. I I don't recall ever laughing at just the initial narrative arc of the Simpsons. Or Always Sunny just straight up gives you away. Here's the narrative. Yeah. The guys buy a bar. All right, yeah. so that's out of it, cool. and now it's just you're just gonna laugh at the gags. It's just it's just mm-hmm. a straight gag show, and that's why, yeah, that's why, that's why bring yourself into the the realm of all these amazing shows. But like, why our <laughs> scripts? <laughs> that's why we needed a a, a a a Sam Simon or an Al Jean or something to come in and go like, yeah. guys, you've rewritten this twelve times, and you never mm-hmm. make it shorter. You just add more of these gag just bits. It's like because I don't want to get rid of them. They're just funny, Fun. funny singular bits that I can fit here, like this little jigsaw puzzle. It's a side just talking about. Ah, just uh, it so makes me so happy when she when she asks for it because Ruby's too and. She, mm. It's only like I can be like, hey, do you want to watch something? And I'll click through a thousand things like you want to watch this. You love this. No, I don't want Aladdin. You want to watch this? No, like all the shit she loves. And then you'll have to click back through them all again because she's like anybody else. She's like us flipping through Netflix. Like, wait, 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 wait. Did you say Dory? Did I see Dory yet? Yeah, I think I want to go back to Dory. I remember a good part. But then she says Simpsons. There's enough of those in their shorts. Yes. Yeah, and they're little little nuggets, and it doesn't. Then that's it too. It doesn't matter if because you click it and it leaves you where you left off in the episode. New episode, mm-hmm. ten minutes in, doesn't matter. Does not matter yeah. where you go into any episode. It, it's it's all good. There's a uh, obviously shows how um how I've been spending my time productively. How about yourself? By the Same. way, this is a jerk practice podcast. I'm Hans. I'm Casey. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what's been going on. Uh, I just saw something that tickled my funny bone before yeah. we started, and I had to tell Ashley. It it's in the realm of politics. Okay, great. Uh, 
I just happened to be on Twitter, and uh, people were commenting on this video. I guess Joe Biden God. was doing a live a live stream with a governor of Maryland or something. Sure. And while he's just yammering on, you just he's like, "Oh, oh, oh you here." <laughs> the governor just does a like a brow raise and like a, a smile and they keep keep on like nothing happened. So I was like, that sounds fake. That sounds fake. So I listened to it again and sure enough he's just blah 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 then So drops a windy. Drops a wee like a loose coat sleeve windy. Like it doesn't sound good. Uh, <laughs> and the guy does and so I guess like BuzzFeed, you know, all these like Of course enjoyable entertainment sites but not news sources are asking the biden campaign like come on you fucking fart on live air and they're like i'm glad you're putting all your best people looking into this that's all they said everybody's like denied it supplied it you didn't say he didn't you just said we're dumb for asking the question and then i i saw this guy's post on there and i couldn't stop laughing because the headline was just like Ah, fuck me. And he retweeted a tweet he had sent, like, back in February. He's like, I just had a dream that Joe Biden sharded on a live stream, and now Trump just calls him Crappy Pants Joe. (laughs) Can't give him that ammo. I know, I was just like, no, it's too funny, it's too perfect. But I think Joe Biden might have the type of campaign... Did he bring in a new campaign manager? Because he's going Dr. Toilet. Last week, he's on some... uh, I don't want to say some. He was on a super popular podcast. I was going to start with that, but I was like, Crappy Pants Joe is at least... Right. So last week, Joe Biden says, like... Like, gets... His inflection is in a... It's just he got caught up in the moment. He's feisty. He's getting feisty. He's like, yo, man, you ain't black. If you vote... You know, don't vote for Trump. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but... That's not too far off, and that's super insensitive and super passive of a ton of people's rights to vote. And it was really inappropriate, and it's a big story. So if I'm Joe Biden, I'm like, all right, Bartman I'm just gonna, I am just gonna drop trow on this next interview, and they can call me Crappy Pants Joe. They can be supplied diet because I don't want their. I got a woman accusing me of pinning her up against a wall and digitally. Uh, 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 assaulting her i've got i've said oh, he's such a he's an he, old grandpa i don't know how else he to just say it. He, or the, he's not though he thinks he's too cool for school i don't know what he is but he's our candidate or maybe maybe he's just maybe I don't he's know. not being misquoted like there's no way that they can backpedal from this no. i read the transcript and listen to it he gets really mad at this guy because this guy is challenging him yeah and joe and what i what I didn't know until after this was every other prominent Democratic person in the primary has done that show. Hillary Clinton did that show. Yeah, yeah, sure. In 2016, and she also had a borderline spicy response to try and curry favor with them because, I don't know, they, they play a game called What's in Your Purse? Or her response to something was like, hot oh, yeah, sauce. I got a bottle of hot I sauce in my purse. That. Yeah, just... And that's a politician. They're, they... they... Believe me, they pander to all demographics, but it's it's just it's so apparent, at least on this show. Let's just say, and it's like, yeah. and I get what he's doing. Like, in fact, 
I completely disregard and disown what he said and what he believes in, but here's the facts. He truly does believe that his presidency will be better for people of color than Donald Trump's. And there's probably a lot of truth to that, but just an overarching statement like mm. that. And that's and maybe that's not true for people of color that are very wealthy. If I if I'm yeah. a, if I'm a if I'm a black guy who's got a billion dollars, I might second guess whether I want Joe Biden in because I want to keep more of my money. Sure, and and that's fair. If I'm a black guy with a hundred thousand dollars or a black woman with a really high paying job and I don't want to get taxed, like I'm I'm not all like he just he just lumped everybody well, and together what, and it's wrong. I what I didn't know, I was talking with this with some people I work with, um and they they had listened to the show. Yeah. Frequently. And they were like, Oh yeah, Charlemagne the God, he he he's the he's the Walt Flanagan of that show. Yeah, sure. Because he, just for the sake of entertainment and argument, is apparently always the devil's advocate. Good. So he's always the guy, which is funny. You need that if if your show is just people talking. Somebody's got to be the rabble rouser to keep it going. And keep yeah, it keep funny, it feisty. To keep it interesting yeah, for sure. So he's the feisty guy. So he's just going to ask Joe Biden straight up, like, what are we? What what are you going to do for my community? That's right. And his response was like. Bleh. Just well, he said, "Are you granted? Yeah, are you going to um, bring on a female person of color as your vice president?" And he's like, "Well, you know, we're decide something." And then it gets to the point. He's like, "He's like Joe Biden kind of pushes back, like you know, why are you, you know, what are you, what are you going to gain out of?" He's like, "No, no, I don't care. I don't need an exclusive. I'm literally asking a question because if that were the case, it would benefit, like you said, it would benefit my community. What are you, Joe Biden, going to do for the African-American community, basically? I don't know. He's a – just switch from that. That's one of the – I know. I know. It's like there's there's no I, – I guess maybe I should have closed with crappy pants, Joe. Either, Either way – he pooped his pants on live on a live stream. Oh, so. that's – yeah. That's what I was going to say is – not just this guy Charlemagne the God like being the rabble rouser on his own show. Politicians like Joe Biden need to be placed in front of people that are going to push them because yes, his ass really. is going to go virtually or six feet apart from Donald Trump and Donald Trump is going to lay his ass out or at least fluster him because I can see Donald Dear Trump God. like spitting at him like to get – you know what I mean? Like, of course. Just, he is – You should. Way, yeah. <laughs> so – it, I, uh, yeah, you know, it's frustrating. Because every, like, that's the thing, but go back to everybody was like, oh my god, what's, what's Donald Trump gonna do to Hillary? She's a woman. Like, he's just, he was just himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just gonna be himself. He may hit harder on Biden because Biden's a man. I will say uh, that. Like, yeah. Right. Because he, because ha- he has those preconceived notions. He has, I like, mean, like, he, yeah, he got into, like, what's he, the, other than, you know, 80s Donald Trump, like, and the TV show, like, he was famous for getting into that fight with Rosie O'Donnell. Right. But that's back before, like, that's back when he was first starting on Twitter, so he's just, like, ginning up, you know, stuff for his base. Like, whatever. Oh, my God. Speaking of... He's not uh, gonna call Hillary Clinton a fat pig on <sighs> fucking national television. I was thinking about, um, speaking of Donald Trump, since we're on him, and fights, you and I were, um kind of going back and forth from the last episode we we're talking about this old wrestler don jardine the spoiler so i started yeah. watching all these amazing wrestling promos i shared a couple with you and so Beautiful. so good 
just like made me so reminiscent so uh, of a time before you can't be reminiscent of a time before you but then watching older ones <laughs> and just being like oh like or let's just go back to my own time let's go to D- wwf hogan like that amazing mm-hmm. era that heightened era it's like how did i how did young me want to go any direction other than straight into the wrestling showbiz I game know. so i'm watching these promos i'm watching don jardine and i leave a comment on youtube and I'm like, hey, you know, like funny, like these are these are great. Keep posting these videos. Don Jardine, you know, you ain't nothing. Ha ha ha. And I get yeah. I get a response. I get an email that just says you ain't nothing. And I was like, what? Who is that from? And it just says SP the SS. And then all of a sudden, of course, like clockwork, hanging out. In the living room, right now. Might as well come on in. I said, come on in. All right, I guess it's this old... Come in, I said. If you want to be you on live the like pod, an old... come on the odd... It, it's this old wrestler. wrestler. I hadn't even hadn't even heard of him. His name is um, Stacy Payne, The Secret oh, Sauce. And it's uh, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Okay, all right. Oh, hey, jerk practice. I heard what you've been saying about me, about my homeland, and I ain't having it no more. Because tonight, jerk practice, right here in Dubuque, Iowa, we are gonna settle this once and for all. Then everyone is going to know my sauce is so special because I'm going to smother you, jerk practice and superplexes. Tonight at the Ramcota Inn at 6 Central Convention Hall D, you're going to wish upon a star. And it ain't no secret what you are. You are a scared of Stacy Payne. Yes, tonight it's going to be a rebuke in debut. Of all that is holy, and let me tell you, jerk, practice something else. When I'm through with you, you're gonna wonder, you're gonna wonder what happened to woman. And yeah, that woman (laughs) is gonna be your mom, and your wife, and your sister. And if you're wandering, they left in shame. No wonder. Because if brains were encyclopedias, jerk, practice then you'd be reading Braille. <laughs> and jerk practice, <laughs> after you've felt some Stacy pain, you're gonna be wanting an ice pack for your back. Sure, but you're gonna need a shrink for your shattered ego, yes, tonight. I'm walking in that ring with the Southeast Regional Confederate States Rights Championship belt eye on my hips, and I ain't moving an inch. And when I'm standing over your lifeless pinned bodies, you're gonna look up and you're gonna know what's so special about my sauce. Why women want to taste it and why men want the recipe. Because for Stacy Payne, there's nothing to lose, only gain. Oh, wow. boy. Back That's to you, hot. back to you, Mean Gene. Back to you, Mean Stacy, Stacy, Stacy. Mean Gene, uh, I hate to tell him, but Mean Gene died. 
Oh, that's a lousy thing to joke about, jerk practice. No, I'm talking to Did you really not know? He passed away. Well, that's horrible. He was a good man, a good dude. Good dude. Uh, (laughs) We used to drink Labatt's in Gary, Indiana. Um, All right, well, that's a nice story. But um, what you didn't explain is why why you got a beef with, with jerk practice. That Canadian big bit. Back a few years ago as a total doozy. Now you jerk practice might not know this, but I wasn't always from the big city. I only moved to Baton Rouge to wrestle. I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. And making fun of my little homeland's a low blow. Uh, That's true. I didn't know. You were being anti-Canada, Casey. I'm sorry. We're sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't hold grudges, okay? Maybe we can do some tagging up, tag tags together up north. I got a match next month against that bear suit from that shaky, from that shitty Canadian documentary. I can't remember the name of it. I should have wrote it down. Project Grizzly. I, I, I got a wrestle match against the bear suit from Project Grizzly and at the Ottawa Budget Inn Banquet Hall. <laughs> All right, great. Well, I'm off the top ropes. And remember, if muscles were Rolexes, then you jerk practice would have sundials for arms. I'm just kidding. I'll see you guys later, okay? All right, bye, Stacy. Bye, Stace. Stacy Payne. Stacy Payne. Secret sauce. That was good. Yeah, not bad, right? See, nice looking, nice looking you jacket. Do how to do a good promo? Oh, oh yeah. Rhinestones. Drips. He had fake glittery drips on his jacket. Sauce drips. Yeah. Sauce. Oh, see, and they look like flames. Oh, so it's yeah. the secrets. Fl- oh, come on. Can't secret beat it. sauce. Oh, nothing beats that. Like, I love the classic. Just, I was just, well, speaking of Mean Gene, he is a proud Prairie Pask himself. Oh, yeah. Born in Brookings, South Dakota. He's Brookings, huh? Uh-huh. I, when I was a kid, and I think my grandfather, because he was a classic gaslighter, I don't know if Mean Gene lived in Sisseton, South Dakota, where my grandparents were born and grew up. But he always used to be like, he dated your grandma. <laughs> oh, mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> so it's always like, I, I gravitated. I enjoyed Mean Gene because I was like, he was almost my grandfather. I feel like. Oh, he was in a, I, because I looked it up because I was like, I don't know if he was just bullshitting me or if he was really from South Dakota. But then I looked it up. He's from Brookings. Uh, and I just read something. I was like, I got it. Tell give Hans the name of this fucking band he was in. Oh, of course. So he was went to journalism school at the University of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, silky voice, obviously, became a disc jockey. Ah, there you go. Moved to okay. o- was an Omaha disc jockey. Moved to Minneapolis. Was a radio show host. Uh, became program director. Where's the goddamn band? Oh, Okerlund fronted a band, Gene Carroll and the Shades. That's a good. Their hit was, uh, Is It Ever Gonna Happen, on their album, In This Corner. Oh, we'll have to hear that. What's some of that? Ever Gonna Happen. Oh, my God. Um, and then he took a job with the AWA, for those of you who aren't wrestling nerds. That was the the circuit that was in Minneapolis. Perfect. Like, that's... that's that fronted yeah. Hulk Hogan. Mr. Perfect. He... That's like Tom Brokaw's from... I don't know, Vermilion or something, South Dakota. Like, I think so, yeah. Like, 
as far as like dialect goes or and no dialect is the right dialect or lect or inflection but like south dakota you'll tend to see a lot of people on like primetime news be from like the central united states because they have a very you know enunciated way of speaking so that's why i would say mean gene went to journalism school he probably could have went this way or that way but he's just very even keel you know but i bet he was a fucking wild man oh god yes just watching him like that's if, if anybody wants to kill some time it's so much fun to just watch just like youtube mean gene okerlund outtakes i just did it today. outtakes it's amazing. and him laughing and it's just because sometimes he laughs because it's really funny and a lot of times he laughs because the guy yeah. just goes on a tear and it's fucking gobbledygook nonsense <laughs> and you just have to try and like keep a straight face yeah keep wh- the kayfabe as they say and be like oh this guy's scary listen to him talk you can barely read, let alone, like, yeah, but I'm s- coming for you, Randy. That's funny, too. But sometimes, sometimes, like, if you watch this, like, these tributes or whatever, these outtakes, sometimes it's laughter out of pure reverence because these guys yeah. legit go on, like, an improv tear. And Mean oh, Gene so is, good. like, it's just, so like, awesome. it's just, like, almost, I don't think they are, but, like, the, the dynamic almost feels like, is this guy trying to crack up Mean Gene with how crazy... It's oh, like I'm Don sure. Jardine, like where he's like, if brains were Cadillacs, then you'd be riding around the globe on roller skates. It's like because they had crazy. And I for, line. forgot about it, but because I was just going to make the joke, it was kind of like I'd imagine if you could make Mean Gene laugh, sort of like getting Carson to laugh. Yeah, he's sure. always up there. He's got to keep you on track. He's got to keep it spicy. He's going to ask you the questions, but he's kind of like the straight man in a two-man comedy duo oh like he's got to keep it together there was a show they did i forgot that it even existed it was called and this was like in the early 80s like when wwf was first taken off it was called tuesday night titans okay and it was just the late show hosted by mean gene and he'd have wrestlers on that's just to keep up the the mystique and the kayfabe of wrestling he just interviewed wrestlers. So it was just like a late night chat show. But they'd come on and then do like what Andy Kaufman did on Letterman. Why? Just they is... start feuds and like do shit like that. And everyone's like, did you, did you see that? Brutus the Barber spit on Hogan on Tuesday Night Titans. Why in the world would that go away? I don't know. Why in the world? Because for me, like I said, like the wrestling's impressive and this and that. and But it's even in the actual match, like. The drama and the back and forth and the shit talk and everything yeah. and like the craziness is what I love. Like I almost don't need the wrestling. Like if it's just these like huge personalities going at it like in a talk show yeah. setting. What? So, no, that is so. And they can do that shit. That is easy, easy money. I oh, heard yeah. Conan, Conan O'Brien was talking about the history of late night and how initially late night was literally just trying to fill the void. They're like, mm-hmm. let's put something at eleven thirty. Because otherwise it's just static. And let's make it as low budget as possible. And if we make any money off of it, great. And then the realization came, like you got creative artists in there like Jack Parr and stuff. Still super low budget, but like started to like cultivate like a format. And then Mm -hmm. their realization is like, oh, people are like up 
at this time anyway because people have nine to fives and all this shit and like sure. we have kids we right. know like your yes. kids are asleep and if there's nothing on tv you're just right. like okay i guess i'll go to bed or read the paper so that became this what they were like if it's profitable or it breaks even whatever it fills space and then it became the this uber profitable time slot and it's still pretty much i mean now people have huge contracts and stuff and uh mm-hmm. pin it jimmy fallon by the way um oh, <laughs> um uh the, why not have that it, it's not super a budget you get people to come on it's not like they're paying these people to come on they're coming to promote their thing it's like a win-win yeah. all, all this stuff so the fact that vince mcmahon total d-bag but total capitalist like doesn't like it what he does. carve out like a 2 a.m slot to you know Just it's not me. like they're recording it live or anything although that would be amazing if you really wanted to make something mm-hmm. fantastic get a 2 a.m slot do tape 20 shows back to back with these wrestlers that you exploit anyway and just make it crazy. That's what the problem, like, like why it worked back then, because like wrestling seems to be working the most. Like when we were kids, it was as big as it had been when we were little, like late seventies. Right. Like when it runs parallel to pop culture, yeah sort of sure, like of course so i love the like like tuesday night titans like like you said like that's the point where the tonight show has been crushing since the mid 70s like it's a thing so they make this goofy one they slide in it's niche but it looks and feels like the letterman show oh yeah sure like, sure the wrestlers come on with suits they make it look like if you didn't know and that's what they wanted they wanted to get they still and they're still call them rubes they want rubes yeah Sure. They want you to come in and be like, oh, man, I thought this was fake. This is like a real interview, though. Look, it's a stage, and he's wearing a suit, and, like, talking about his kids, and then, you know, like, oh, and then Andre the Giant, like, pushes the stage over on top of you. That's and you're what, like, oh, shit, that guy's nasty. That's the turn. That's why That's why that is so amazing. It's like, it's I, I would prefer to have that back. It's amazing. Oh, that should absolutely But I was just going to say, back. they ran too parallel for too long. Because now that we had, like, you know, like, we had ESPN back then, but, like, you know, there's 15 channels of ESPN. Yeah. Everything is so, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, like, everything is under the microscope. Like, they pivoted into that, like, well, they call it sports entertainment now. They pivoted into, like, that behind the arena camera. Yeah. And now they do what you could call the descendant of Tuesday Night Titans. They do, like, a post-episode sure like sports center but they don't do the like drama of it like they don't do the they they just analyze the show which is fine but they do that for walking dead it's like i was just gonna say that that's the talking dead or something and that's what they do i would have oh like i I was telling you i was like i want it i want it back in i I want want it back in like if i had some money like like ooh, like a sweetheart like amount like that's i just start a straight up league yeah. put some regulations no guys can get fit past this level you oh, have God, to yeah. spend your money on gaudy trinkets you, well, you, you, <laughs> i told you there is one uh and i found this out later yeah it's owned by billy corrigan of the smashing pumpkins he purchased the rights to the national wrestling association which was an 
old school um, company that was down in the south, like in Georgia, northern Florida. Uh, and that's where like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes came from. So as WWE came up, they just ate up everything and just became, you know, the Disney of wrestling. Of course. So he bought it back and they do a show live in Atlanta, with the live studio audience, like multi-camera. They try, they, they're the closest you get to the, there's two guys at a podium. They talk before a match or after a match and then a guy comes out to interrupt them. It's very classic in it and i forgot how much fun that was oh it's, it's like just these guys lose a match so they're yelling at a guy and then another guy comes out just to tell that guy how much of a piece of shit he is so then you're like no now they're beefing that's it and so you know, easy just to get classic in. over the top like redneck guys sort of guys that look like they're in a gang oh you know the, the classic aristocrat with the woman on his arm that shit the just best. works, man. It the, just works. You remember the Road Warriors, Hawk and uh, oh, um, his buddy, but they're they animal. It was Hawk, yeah, Hawk and, and animal. animal. They did the classic warrior face paint, like the W, mm-hmm. like actually pretty intimidating. But then they're like, "What else should we do? I don't know. You shave your head down the middle, and I'll shave my head down the sides, and that's what they yeah, do." Yeah, so it was a mohawk and then the anti mohawk. Anti mohawk. And I was like, that guy just looks like a bald old man, but he was I just saw a promo. He was going after Ric Flair. And basically it was again wow, talk about alienation. I hope we got some wrestling fans out there. You go watch this promo <laughs> and it is very uncomfortable because he's like, Ric Flair mm-hmm. said we're soft. But we're only soft in one part of our bodies, and you know what I mean but it gets hard sometimes and we're going to take our hard bodies to you, Ric Flair in the ring. No. <laughs> and you're going to wish you, it's like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Damn. Listen up. There's been a lot of sports writers and sports editors flapping their yaps about us getting soft. <laughs> Does this look soft to you, Paul? Does this look soft to you? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, there's one part of our bodies that's soft, and it ain't soft all the time if you catch my meaning. Ric Flair, New York City Ric Flair, you're going to find out what hard is all about. Oh, there was a tangent. I think this is on a Mean Gene, and the, I guess the last one, it was just a tangent. Mean Gene's talking to Ric Flair. He's like, Rick, are you ready for so-and-so? He goes, do you think I'm ready? And he just takes his shoes off and he's just holding these gross, gross yeah. shoes, um, like fancy, fancy shoes. Uh, he's like, do you think I'm ready? These are $600 lizard skin shoes and they're custom made. And he just does the rest of this interview with these shoes in his hand. And oh, it's just so like, good. that's so beautiful it's so, it's so dumb but it's so because they do it so well it's just simple what just happened they got the holy you know what beat out of them nationwide and i don't mind telling you i was wearing these six hundred dollar custom-made lizard shoes and this thirteen thousand dollar rolex when it happened that's why I'm Ric Flair. That's who Ric Flair has been the entire time. And I hated those guys as a kid. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's how I know that he did his job. 
Exactly. Because he's just the like the playboy, the good looking guy. And that's all they do. They play it up. One of my favorites was Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, of course. He looked like Tom Selleck, but with more muscles and taller. And like you watch old clips of him. Yeah, and he put his hands on his head and gyrate his hips. <laughs> and his whole <laughs> shtick was just he wouldn't because typically that character would like single out like the the women in the audience. Oh yeah. He went after the men. Oh yeah, right. But not in a way like you wanna like he was just like, You wanna be me, you can't handle it. Like That's like Stacey Payne. on its head. Yes. You want exactly the recipe. Like you want the recipe. I didn't want to interrupt your thing, but I was like, he's a ravishing Rick Rick Rude. That's uh yeah, and of course Rick Rude, he kind of looked like Jake the Snake, and you just thought, like that's all you need right there. They got a character who comes out. Like I said, I'd put a cap on how much guys can work out because he's fit, yeah. obviously, but he's not like tripping over his muscles. This wears these he's one and, guy. And he just comes out with a bag of snakes, and if he wins, he just puts snakes puts on snake. these guys' biceps. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's all you need, and it's that's so. A, such an easy sell for the other guy like i'd hate yeah. to be the other guy because it's terrifying but you know in retrospect now that you see behind the scenes it's like no they're defanged but they can still clamp still. down but yeah it's not hard to sell terror and like discomfort when this guy's <laughs> gyrating over you high on crack cocaine of course <laughs> he's pinning yeah. snakes on you it's probably <laughs> been saying the craziest shit just whispering it to you Oh, Jake the Snake reminded me of he was like someone who mutters under their breath. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to. I, I, I got to bring us all the way back to Joe yeah. Biden, crappy pants Biden, farting. <laughs> I listened to this amazing um, little expose on Adolf Hitler, and it's called. Um, I forget. It, it's not uncertain hour, but it's like the things you don't realize that change history forever. And they're like, this one doctor is basically responsible for millions and millions of deaths because he is responsible for giving Hitler all these drugs. And they're like, but we're going to even, everybody knows Hitler had a crazy doctor, started pumping him full of methamphetamines. He used to make these horrible, mind you, like when he was annexing, you know, the Sudetenland or whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but he was making militarily competent decisions. Does that make sense yeah. without like mm-hmm, promoting sure. this maniac? Um, and then, you know, he meets this doctor, he starts getting pumped full of methamphetamines and like just his mind can't function in a flexible manner. They talk about, right. So he's not willing to go like when his advisors are like, we shouldn't attack Russia right now because it's almost winter and our troops will not only be devastated by their troops, but by the elements. He's just like, no, I said we're going because he's got a one track mind now. But all of that goes back to Hitler apparently had one of the most horrible case of prominent flatulence that anybody's ever recorded. And it was because he was a vegetarian, but he also like his meals like he like didn't like to have normal meals. What he liked to have was watery, leafy green vegetables, like ground up into a paste. So he'd eat like, like Slop. cabbage soup slops, and it would give him horrible gas. And there's all these records. Of course. And it used to get so bad that he would be, like, laid low from bad it's gas. Just yeah. 
So this doctor, like he gets introduced to this doctor and this doctor's like, yeah, this there's records of him going, this is the craziest set of farts I've ever seen. If you just eat the fartiest foods, but then soak them in juice, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like cabbage, I'm sure a lot of garlic. So he, he gives his, starts giving Hitler these pills, these pills he cre- creates. And guys, oh, I, I'll that. have to drop the name of this podcast because I don't want to. He gives this guy pills. They actually do the trick. Part of the reason is because a good portion of them is strychnine. And for some reason that helps like break things up. But it was obviously horrible. That's how bad his gas was? The yes. gas kills the strychnine? So basically millions of deaths can be traced back to how bad Hitler's diet and his farts were. It's insane. It's insane. Eat a potato, bro. Yeah. He... Um, and so I was going back to that with Joe Biden... And then the only other thing I pinned was Jimmy Fallon, who there was a big story that came out for all you listeners. You probably already know it. Did you see it, Casey? So Jimmy Fallon. I saw the. Yeah. He got read the riot act for an old character of his. Well, an impersonation. Based on a real person. Based on a real person. And I was stunned that that shit. I don't I don't need to defend anybody. I'm not going to defend Jimmy Fallon because he did it or whatever. But like this was in 2001 and Saturday Night Live is this huge production on its own. Carries weight, like carries a station at times, you know, NBC and has hundreds, if not thousands of eyes looking over at all times. So, again, I don't I'm not putting anything on anybody and letting anybody off the hook. But the fact that this could make it through a pitch, a sketch writing, a rewrite, a dress rehearsal, and then on to camera, because what it is is Jimmy Fallon impersonating Chris Rock. Scandal noted a fucking spot on Chris Rock in voice, inflection, and mannerisms. Right there. It is spot on, because he doesn't really look like Chris Rock. In my opinion. No, he doesn't. What he looks like is a perfect, perfect image of a man in 100% blackface. Like 100% vibe. I was like, this is bizarre how, like, like they threw some money at that. Like, they put on a typical Mm -hmm. African-American wig, a typical black person wig, like, just... I was just like, this right. is this costs a lot of money. Outrageous that 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 they wouldn't look in a mirror and go, mm, nope, that's too much. Like, you, like that's a great impression. Let's make it work with, like, that's just the fact that people were comfortable putting on is shocking, and that it was only two thousand one. Because yeah. again, I will put it out there. Scandal noted. If you guys go out and watch the video, close your eyes. Because Meg was actually sitting somewhere else. She didn't see the video I was watching. She was like, who is that? I was like, Jimmy Fallon impersonating Chris Rock. She's like, oh shit, sounds just like Chris Rock. She's right. But it was weird. Think about how much bigger of a pop you'd get if you just had him come out even looking more slackery than he does normally. Right. And just have everybody play it off like it's Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh, there's Except so many ways somebody to play Just giving him a look like. If the impression's good, the impression's good. I bet Chris but to Rock just do like yeah. a fake nose and then the 
the the perfect tone and the yeah yeah and i bet my from i would wager that chris rock and jimmy fallon are good friends which is why jimmy fallon probably Mm -hmm. does a good impression of him so it's just all like the levels that like you could see like production managers like i just i i'm a little shocked at how that could get through so many people well that also ties it was good it wasn't didn't make the sketch didn't make the show yeah didn't i wasn't bowled over laughing it was just a it was a daryl hammond style good impression good impression really good impression wasn't it a daryl hammond sketch too where he's playing regis fieldman (laughs) now i'm more offended by that it was regis looking for a new like uh co-host yeah got it garbage um well, on on a similar sort of uh, story, uh, if in since we're on to, on blackface, I had seen a uh, uh, like a meme or a Twitter link, and it was people like I really enjoy this because it's like every six months, every year or two, you get um, zenials who find out that Robert Downey Jr. was in <laughs> Tropic Thunder in blackface. Right. So it's just a bunch of their tweets and they're like fucking let's delete robert downey jr and just incensed about the fact that he did it and they clearly haven't watched the movie like that just it was just funny that's lack of context like the context is how uh, oblivious and hypocritical it is for like actors to play that it's a comment it's a commentary Um, it's a risk i'm aware totally a a risk total risk and you can see it now like it, it it's not getting any easier because now you're getting to people who grew up with Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it, we grew up with Robert Downey Jr. as the guy from Back to School and Weird Science, and then a season of you know SNL, and yeah. he did Chaplin, and then he was gone because he did drugs. So we're like, oh yeah, that part he's kind of playing himself, but also other people. But if you just grow up with him as like your hero since you're five. You're like, wait, it's an apt social commentary, like not just on like people playing blackface. Obviously, it's the most extreme, but it is a social commentary on like, yeah, people playing special no, needs people and stuff. You know, like what, that's Tom Hanks. He was playing a, lot a pretty of, over the top Forrest Gump. Yeah. Let's be real here. Well, and that's what they, they make that same in the same thread. They're like, and these same people aren't. They clearly haven't seen it because they'd be pissed if Ben Ben Stiller as what is like Simpy John or whatever yeah. he plays the overly yeah which is disabled a person yeah. yeah yeah I get it I get it you gotta you gotta but I also get where they're like yeah but I don't know you yeah, didn't hit it out hours. of the park right. people love that movie and that's great yeah. I'm not gonna break anybody down it just didn't necessarily do it for me. I'm the same. I didn't didn't tickle me as much as everybody else. Like I was, I forget who I was watching with, and it. I probably the reason I forget and am no longer friends with them is that they laughed just too hard at the fact that Tom Hanks played like a fat cat, fat executive. Oh, the Tom Cruise or Tom Cruise? I love that. People, I don't know why I don't get it. Because he was like just dancing. And by the way, this wasn't even a social commentary. This was just straight up overt, like. He's playing like a curmudgeonly, quote-unquote, yeah, Jewish Hollywood producer. And it's like, well, that's just poor taste, I guess. And But yeah, more, important, more important, across the board, it's just not funny. Just because Tom Cruise is... So apparently we should be really mad about the entire movie. Yeah, 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 I guess so. 
nothing, nothing holds up except for classic wrestling, and I bet that shit doesn't hold up at all. Yeah, they play into xenophobia a lot, but oh yeah. But that's the. I mean, that's what you need. It's a shame. But those guys get the shit kicked out of them. Again, it's a shame that the people that are really into it aren't in on the joke, which is scary, scary, scary. But Mm -hmm. like those guys are more uh, doing a, 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 a greater service than, than a lot of people out there on screen because they're showing you an exaggerated version of what a Mm -hmm. true idiot, xenophobe, racist, sexist person is. And then they get the shit kicked out of them by somebody who's righteous. Yeah, like it's exactly. great. It's, it's, it's what we need. It's it's a beautiful catharsis. But you just got to be ready because that hero is going to be real racist real soon. Oh well, yeah, he's got to he's got to flip the switch. He's got to make his money. He's like, ah, I got to get people pissed at me again. God, what a fun life, except for all the trappings that come with it. Apparently, someone sent me a little message, which I I laugh my ass off. Uh. Some friends of mine who are still in New York, they just sent me a message like, hey, I was on LinkedIn and I thought of you. <laughs> There's jobs at WWE on LinkedIn. Nice. To which I was like, that's amazing. And I responded, and to think you can get a job at WWE on LinkedIn when it used to be just hanging over a John and fucking a honky tonk. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, their headquarters, I think, is in Stamford, Connecticut. They're in Stamford, Connecticut. So yeah. you could live in New York and just commute to that crazy it's just a standard stanford connecticut is probably the most bland set of corporate offices right, yeah. you could ever drive through but then there's one building looks exactly the same as the others but it's just that roller coaster fire yeah that wwe logo <laughs> shutting into just the sky always on fire and that's what it's missing like vince mcmahon like he, like he needs to go balls to the wall he needs to be his character like because he is the villain of all villains. I mean, he is just unfortunate without he, the fun. Yeah, the, on stage he has the fun. If he's going to be as bad of a guy off off camera, at yeah. least keep the fun, keep the insane fun. Oh yeah, because off camera he's just like roided up, testosterone yeah. up, like frightened. And off me. camera, there is no Stone Cold Steve Austin to kick the shit out of him. Right, exactly. he just gets to be a fucking crooked, evil asshole yeah. with no repercussions. Ooh, he's. I've heard stories about. You and I were talking to a couple of guys that had an interview with him because they were this close to getting a writing gig and they could have had it and they didn't take it. And these were guys. These weren't guys who were. Like, these aren't Charlie Kaufmans who were like, like it yeah. would have been a sweetheart deal. They took something else or they opted because they knew they had other options. Because this, they're like, every week or I didn't think they even said like every few days you had yeah. to have a private meeting pitch meeting you pitch, with yeah. Vince McMahon and he was a tyrant. So they're like, yeah, it's a really high paying gig, but he, you are on 24 seven all 365. And as much as Hans and I are wishing the the product was old school, the behind the scenes is still those same old, the wrestlers that came up in the old system are now in the back. Yeah. Like the writers and the bookers and those motherfuckers are always looking out for themselves, they will throw your ass under the bus. Oh, yeah. Or in front of the bus, Mm -hmm. steal your idea, call you into a meeting, already having pitched your idea, leaving you flat-footed. Like, it is a cutthroat, 
world. And like you said, you're on call 24-7. And Vince McMahon writes most of it anyways. Yeah, right. So you do all this work and he just goes, ah, that sucks. You know what I'm keeping, though? When you said this, that guy pooped his pants. And you're like, I don't think I said that. I'll take credit for it. Crappy pants, Biden. Yeah, it literally is. You could run. It is an exact parallel of the Trump administration. Like you could literally just superimpose one on top of the other. Because you got this guy who's going to do what he wants anyway. And all these snivelers around him that are backbiting and stepping over each other uh, to, to curry his favor. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And the moment, the moment you say something wrong or something you pitch and he takes it welcome to the fire son there was a comedian that we knew from new york who did work for them for a while and he's a huge huge wrestling guy and still is to this day he does a wrestling podcast it's called we watch wrestling his name's matt mccarthy super funny dude for them oh yeah he worked for them for a while at least a year he got arrested i've heard him heard him tell stories and like, oh boy, <laughs> like he, he loves wrestling. He's yeah, loved oh, wrestling he's since he was a kid. Oh, he yeah. talks about wrestling like two hours a week and then goes to wrestling shows whenever there's wrestling shows. And he, as a writer, he writes for Conan. He's on Conan. He was like, I can't do this. It's too hard. Yeah. Um, like I'd rather do something else and enjoy it because it's just, you get beat up. Careful what you, yeah, don't uh, shit where you eat, I guess, right? Sort of, I mean, you hear stories about that, people working in the in TV, people working in movies, they love it. You're just like, ugh, they're so terrible here. Yeah, people that, like, uh, like idolize SNL their whole life, and they yeah. go work for it, and like, oh, everybody around here, it's the same, like, setup, like, everybody's, there's, it's not the fun I see on screen. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, it's everybody trying yeah. to rip each other apart. To, Unless you make it for yourself, yeah. like, which would still be a cool job to work for him, but it is like it's. I think it's a young man's game. Yeah, until we get a hold of it, and until we'll start a real, we'll we'll start, and we can start poaching the people from McMahon. Not necessarily because of the money, but maybe we'll give we'll give them, we'll give them uh, health care. Give them health care. Oh, Bennies, yeah. we need benefits. Bennies. We'll, we'll, we'll set it in Canada. We're going to set up a fake wrestling, Canadian wrestling league. Oh, yeah. So then we can become Canadian citizens and get that sweet health care. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. We'll just that start with promos. That. Yep. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That talk show, that sweet talk show. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tuesday Night Titans. Scripting, that, scripting those talk shows and waiting backstage. Oh, my God. I mean, that could you could like a web a web show that is just that like right the wednesday night warrior never ever is a wrestling match talk about them but that is funny talk about what happened oh that's really funny like what happened in the match and you still get the same like level of drama and showmanship 15 minutes if you want to step out sure you could show the hallway stuff oh oh yeah for sure gotta go hotel room what Fighting over the ice bucket. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, like, yeah, you gotta start. Ric Flair's got his snakeskin shoes in the ice. There's an. We've, we've already. I mean, I was gonna talk about the Ric Flair deep documentary, but we talked about that like two and a half years ago, which reminds. I was like, man, we really hit <laughs> know, people over the head with wrestling. It's not the first time. But, uh, oh, no. 
wish Stacy just came to drop by. Um, I gotta pee. You got anything else? I think so. Uh, oh yes, we gotta do. Uh, I'm just going back to the classic. Maybe that's what we need. Break to change. We love you, and there's nothing we can do about it. Brother, brother, roll, brothers, man. <laughs> Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. You don't have to cut those teachers and firefighters, police officers, and cut critical health care programs, or stop work on roads and bridges. So what does the human cost uh, of lack of state and local fiscal relief look like in Pennsylvania? Or stop work on roads and bridges. So on roads and bridges and bridges. On roads and bridges. Das ist gut. Fucking crappy pants job.